Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning Top Docs radio show. I'm your host, C.W. Hall. Today, we're going to be talking about the Georgia Composite Medical Board with more than 8,000 members from every specialty and practice setting. MAG is the leading voice for physicians here in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician from Georgia. And our thanks go out to Alliant Health Solutions for their support as uh, a sponsor in making our show possible. Today, our guest, is GCMB Chair, Dr. Gretchen Collins. Good morning. Thanks for sitting in with us. Tell you a little bit about Dr. Collins. She is a board-certified psychiatrist, serves as Viewpoint Health's Chief Medical Officer, and is a medical uh, a member of the Viewpoint's assertive community treatment team, which provides mental health services for some of the most challenging clients. And again, thanks for sitting in. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm interested to learn a little bit about the the Composite Medical Board. Talk a little bit about its purpose and mission. So the Georgia Composite Medical Board protects the health of Georgians through the proper licensing of physicians. Uh, we also uh, enforce the Medical Practice Act, which is the state law that uh, governs the practice of medicine in our state. Now, are there other types of certifications that are that fall under its purview as well or is it really just focused on the MD and physicians? So no, we, we license uh, a multitude of specialties um, that can include physicians, physician assistants, respiratory care professionals, um, a, a myriad of, of, of other um, specialties. What comprises the the medical board itself? Who who gets to sit in and, and determine, you know, yes, no, and what happens when something goes down? Okay. So the Georgia Composite Medical Board is comprised of 16 members. We have 15 voting members, one ex officio member, um, and we are a volunteer working board. We are appointed by the governor uh, and confirmed by the state senate. And so by statute, two of the members on the board are consumer members. We have one who is a physician assistant. That's our ex officio uh, board member. We have two uh, board members that are physicians with the doctor of osteopathic medicine degrees. And then 11 board members have doctors of uh, medicine degrees. I see. When, when you're getting together, I know that I used to work in the locum space a little bit, so I had to work with different states around licensure sometimes. And I know that they would have a regular set meeting, some of which are maybe available to public, some are not. Talk about the, the meeting schedule and, and if I can come, if I'm a citizen. You absolutely can come. <laughs> so the, the board meets monthly. Okay. Um, and it is open to the public. There are portions of the meeting that are open to the public, and we do have some closed portions to deal with more delicate business. Um, but the portions that are open to the public generally focus on rules, uh, developing rules, and uh, responding to concerns from constituents. I see. So is it interactive in that phase, or is it really more just kind of watching and seeing what's happening? Well, a lot of the uh, visitors watch, but um, they're willing, they're, they're able to um, ask questions during that time. Um, we do an introduction, and so we know everyone who's in the, the board meeting, the visitors as well as the board members. And so if a question comes up, sure, during that open portion uh, where they're welcome, they can always ask questions. If I'm a patient here in Georgia and I, I want to talk to the board about a, an issue I've had, a grievance of some kind, can you talk about 
what the process is for me? How do I go about such a thing? God forbid. Absolutely. So we have a form on our website, uh, a complaint form that anyone can fill out and, um, and send in to the board with any complaint that they would have. Um, it is important to know that um, there's a declaration that should be presented or should be posted in every physician's office regarding that, um, that process. Is there a, do you see a kind of a common theme as you've been working with the Composite Medical Board yourself? Is there kind of a theme of issues that tend to be the ones that drive somebody to contact the, the medical board and say, hey, I've got an issue? Um, we get many types of complaints. We get a lot of complaints regarding billing, uh, complaints regarding office staff maybe being rude, uh, delayed wait time to see the physician, and although we like to help with those, um, it is important to know that the board doesn't handle those type of matters. Um, and so I would like to make a point to the physicians uh, and all the listeners out there that it's important to that the physicians work with their staff on how to manage appointments and how to manage patient concerns. So those those issues don't get to the board. I, I would imagine that that you know the billing kind of thing is going to be one that I think I take up with the board but that's not going to be an issue that you all would would deal with right no. it's going to be more patient and physician interaction and that kind of behavior and medical choices things like that that is correct can you talk about the process if if a grievance is brought and you determine that it is one that would fall under the the concern and purview of the board would talk about what the process is like when you have to go through uh, investigating what happened and what goes next Okay, and so the board will review, the board and the staff will review all uh, investigations. Um, there are many steps that can be taken to review those uh, complaints. Um, they may talk more with the office staff. Um, if, it, if the complaint is about that, they may talk to the person filing the complaint. Um, the board staff may talk to the physician. They may um, ask for medical record, records, which we review all of that. Um, and at times, we may ask a physician to come in to interview with the board to get a better understanding of what happened and how to resolve the issue. If something goes comes in like that, a, a patient brings a grievance, mm -hmm. um, you initiate some degree of proceedings, how do I find out about it? I'm a physician in question. I mean, how does it come to me that this has been brought to the medical board and, and what I might need to do? So you're saying if you were the physician? Right, yes, in so, question, right. Yes, and so the board will contact you to let you know that there has been a complaint filed and to get your response, okay. to get a better understanding as to your, um, your, your take on what happened in that situation. And so we try and do a, a full overview uh, to get all the information we can to make the best decision. So when you get down to that point, then... Then what happens? I mean, I assume being the licensure board, you can go all the way up to taking away my ability to have a license in the state to practice. But talk about the various actions that you would take depending on what you find. So the actions that the board may take, they may close the case based on uh, the information that they get from the person who's complaining as well as uh, the person the complaint was against. Um, the board may also present a letter of concern, which is a non-disciplinary action. There may be a public reprimand. Um, there may be probation, suspension, um, revocation, and asks of surrender of license. I see. Now, as, as you 
as, as the board gets involved with issues like this, um, whatever the outcome may be, some, as you say, some of them may, you know, be determined to be, uh, you know, not for the board to decide or mess with. But how does that affect? Is there a record of this event now? On, you know, kind of like Mike, I have a credit bureau, right? Mm -hmm. Is there something uh, tied to my MPI that now is going to follow me, or is there some degree of of either time that such a thing is reported? How, talk about how that affects me, like my record, if you will. So, if there is a disciplinary action, that would be reported to the National Practitioner Database. Per law, we have to do that. Um, if there is, um, if it's closed or a letter of concern. Um, a non-disciplinary action, then that is that is not necessarily publicly um, added to the board website. You know where where a person can see. Generally, those things can be handled, and um, there could be a fine or there could be certain things to deal with. But it's only the disciplinary actions that go to the practitioner data bank. I was talking with a physician recently who mentioned they were in the process of licensure through the uh, Interstate Medical License. Licensure compact. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm I'm just becoming familiar with it through through that conversation, so I'm not entirely sure how many states that involves. Like I mentioned in my work in locums, it was such a headache. We always wished there was a way that if I'm you know deemed to be licensed here and good standing, there's maybe some reciprocity would be good. It sounds like we're kind of making headway there. We are. We are making headway in that area. Um, so during the last legislative session, uh, Senate Bill 16 was passed to allow the Georgia Composite Medical Board to participate in the Interstate Compact. And so the Compact is an expedited expedited pathway to licensure in Georgia. And so it, it will allow applicants to enter the Compact with states that are already in the Compact. Um, one of the benefits of that is that the Compact will strengthen the public protection by enhancing the ability um, of states to share investigative and disciplinary information. So I see. it's more of an open book if you are a physician who has received licensure through that compact. Oh, so it's it almost works in a way kind of like uh, the the pre-check you can get at TSA in a way. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's, that's through a little a good, bit of extra headache. That's right. But it's worth it in the end. That's right. And yeah. it, this will make it easier for physicians to obtain licenses to practice in multiple states. Now is there is there is that just kind of one process unto itself meaning I don't have something particular to Georgia in addition to whatever you know my, my application process and that whole thing covers each state that's participating right is there there's not anything particularly additional for one state versus another or is there well I, you know each state has their own mandates of what they are requiring uh, for a physician to be licensed in the state and so you must already hold a full unrestricted medical license in a compact state mm -hmm. and then um, provide just maybe a little bit of additional information as well as whatever nuances are specific to that state to then be uh, licensed through the compact with another state. Are there elements of that process, the application process for my licensure through the compact that tend to be ones that uh, if you don't get that right, it's going to slow you down. It's going to be a hang up. Can you talk about kind of what you see? What where, where are, are the hurdles that are easy to avoid if you pay attention? Um, follow every bit of information on that application and submit that in a timely manner. 
That's what you must do because we're not going to license you if we don't have every bit of information. We still want to protect the public and we need to get all the information that we need um, to feel comfortable to license uh, a physician in Georgia. Is it okay for me if I've got an application underway, can I call it, call you and say, hey, I'm checking on my license for MPI, physician number, blah, 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 and you can tell me, oh, it's waiting on thus? Absolutely. We okay. get calls like that all the time, and the, the board staff is fabulous in that they are able to um, provide information to the uh, applicants regarding email uh, or via email, via telephone calls, because they we want to get So that's licensed. okay, though. You welcome that. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a pain in the neck. No. No, 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 no. We, we we want to have qualified physicians licensed in this state. When when you look at the physician health program, talk about what the program's about and how that fits in with the work of the Composite Medical Board. Also, so the the Georgia PHP, the Physician Health Program, um, is a nonprofit five hundred one c three program that we have contracted. Um, they have contracted with the Georgia Composite Board since 2012. And of interest for most listeners, it's important to know that one in 10 physicians, which is similar to the rest of the United States uh, population, may develop an addiction at some point in their life. So because of the nature and the fear of reprisal, um, sometimes it's difficult for them to get the care that they need. So we have the Georgia PHP, and so they work with the licensee. Um, that has a health condition that could potentially impair their ability to practice with reasonable skill and safety. And so some of the main um, conditions that they may work with would be substance abuse disorders, depression, mood disorders, stress, anxiety, other mental health conditions. Um, so the PHP program offers a confidential way for Georgia physicians to restore their health, safety, return to practice of medicine, and protect the public all at one time. And many times they don't even need to interact with the board as long as they're involved with the PHP. I got you. Now, I know that the physicians that are prescribing controlled uh, substances have uh, a DEA license that they, they have to get and uh, register that and, and participate in the prescription drug monitoring program. It's been something we've talked about a couple of times on the mm -hmm. show over the years. It's a, obviously a, you know, a big talking point. Talk about where we are with the PDMP and, and how are we doing? Are, are we starting to participate at a high level with that? So the major I would have to say the majority of physicians are uh, registered with the PDMP, but anyone with a DEA, as you mentioned, must register with the PDMP. And so um, this is inclusive of physicians, physician assistants, pharmacists, licensed pharmacist delegates, dentists, optometrists, podiatrists, nurses with prescriptive authority, medical residents, and interns with prescriptive authority. So everyone must register with the PDMP. And the PDMP is electronic database mm -hmm. um, that's used to monitor the prescribing and dispensing of controlled substances. And so it's, it's a way um, to provide critical information for the, the prescriber as well as for the pharmacist to um, kind of check and see, make sure that there's no over-prescribing or potential for abuse in those situations with those patients. When I go to, to the pharmacy and I need to get some decongestant for my allergies, they'll check my license and know if I've had a prescription or had it filled not too long ago. Works the same way, basically? 
basically works the same way, but we're looking at specifically controlled substances. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Can you share some resources? Obviously, you got a website that's got a lot of information on it. Are there resources beyond uh, that that you want folks to know about if they need to try to prepare for licensure or go through some of the things that we've discussed? The most important um, website that people need to know is medicalboard.georgia.gov. They can get information on PDMP, on the Physician Health Program, uh, licensure, um, anything that they need to know. So if you're a physician, you're having some trouble with health or you talked about possibly even addiction issues, mm-hmm. that, that PHP would be something to contact and Absolutely. Get, get some help. Absolutely. I'm very pleased that you shared some information about that very element. It's one of those, it's kind of like an employee assistance program actually in a way in, in terms of assistance available for you, a safe place to talk. That's right. That's great. Well, I appreciate you sitting in with us today. Thank you so much. I, I hope you'll turn around and share this information with those that uh, follow you on your social media platforms and Facebook and Twitter where Mag likes to hang out. And you, you might just be putting some information in the hands of somebody that makes uh, means something to you that makes a difference for them. Uh, I appreciate her sharing that information. And like I say, make sure you follow Mag on Facebook and Twitter if you haven't done that already. And if you've want to go through and check out some of the previous shows they're all available out at mag.org slash top docs and for everybody at mag we want to say thank you so much for making us a part of your day today we look forward to catching up with you next time we'll see you then